welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Okay, so welcome to People with Purpose. Uh, Today, I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Ken Rusk, who is the author of Blue Collar Cash and an advocate for people in uh, blue collar roles and living a blue collar life uh, to to get the happiness, the peace uh, and the freedom that they quite rightly deserve. So Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's cool. So, so, um, So what are you working on at the moment? Well, currently, uh, I'm I'm in the process of of developing this course. That um, you know how sometimes when you have a lot of uh, a lot of you have these folks that write a lot of read a lot of books and they have them up on the shelf and it's like they're all trophies, right? But then you ask them, you say, "Well, what did you learn from that particular book?" And they're like, "Well, I don't remember, but it was a good book." How did that one change your life? Well, it really hasn't, but it was a great book. So I didn't want that to happen with Blue Collar Cash. So I actually developed this real simple course. It's it's eight sessions long. You could do it in a weekend or in in you know in a short period of time. And what it really does is it it it, it forces you to take what you've learned or what you've read and put it into action this afternoon, like not tomorrow or the next day. Because too many times people don't do that and they, they just wander around thinking, man, someday I'm gonna do all the things I read in that book. And I'm saying, let's do it today. Cool, cool. Because yeah, because what, what one day quite often becomes uh, never, doesn't it? That's that's the trouble. Yeah, yeah. The word someday, you know, you hear a lot of people that use the word someday, and I would challenge you or anyone else um, that has these conversations, and you hear somebody say someday, just say, well, how come not now? Like, like why? At least why couldn't you plan it now? Because most people wait for someday to just knock on the door, and that certainly never happens. So, or, or if it does, you're just lucky it happens five, 10 years later. But if you start thinking about it in terms of today, you can actually set these, these paths in motion um, so that they, they happen for sure. And then you're not wondering if they're ever going to happen. It's only a matter of when. Yeah, cool, cool. Because I think people get a bit get a bit overwhelmed, don't they, with the whole kind of, with the big idea of it. And so they don't quite know where to start. Has your course helped people with that? Well, yeah. For example, when I was 22 or 23, um, all of my friends are golfers and we used to go to golf weekends and be, it'd be like Ohio and, and Michigan, nowhere, nowhere far. And I sat at lunch one time with them and I, I, there was three of us. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could go to the home of golf in Scotland? Yeah, that'd be really cool, man. I wish we could do that someday. And I'm like, well, wait a minute now, let's figure this out. Okay. So we figured out it was going to cost us $4,000 to do this. Okay. So we said, well, we need to save about 1300 bucks a year in order to make that happen, right? So what is that? It's about 25 bucks or so, $27. So I said, why don't we each start saving 27 or $28 a week? And in three years from today, we're going to be golfing at the home of golf at St. Andrews in Scotland. And they looked at me like I just invented penicillin, right? <laughs> so I said, let's do this. Well, you know, that afternoon, we had almost 16 credit card numbers ready to go. We had 16 of us that wanted to go signed up. And we did that. We For the next three years, we saved our money and we built up our, our airplane sky mile or whatever. And um, yeah, we jumped on a 747 and, and from Detroit and flew over to Scotland and, and played golf. And and it was it was seven days of absolute heaven, and you know none of us had any bills to pay because we saved our money for it. But the point of the whole thing was, you have to think really big. You have to think in terms of I must do this, not not I want to do this or I should do this. And um, you have to stretch yourself. And the the it's okay if you move the time frame out. I mean, I didn't care whether I went to Scotland this year or next year or three years from now, as long as I eventually did it. And um, sure enough, that's the thing. So we all just looked at each other and we're like, wow. And, and the really cool thing, David, was the part, the, the anticipation of doing this. I mean, we had three years to talk about it, dream about it, think about it, you know, plan the golf courses and, and everything else. And when we got there, it met all of our expectations. So it was just, it was wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. And did, did you win? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, 
as as we do in golfing, okay, that we we always gamble, but the money goes in a circle. Okay, one day I get it, he gets it, then he gets it. So yeah. it ends up at the end of the year, pretty much always in a circle. Excellent. Well, that's good. As long as everyone everyone gets their day in 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 the sun, that's the important thing. Oh, for sure. Cool, cool, cool. And so, uh, but you've got a particular focus on on the blue collar world, and that that, that really interests me because um, you know when, when I talk to friends about. Well, you know, um, go after your goals and, and all that kind of stuff. Then, uh, then they go, okay, yeah, but that's okay for you. But in my situation, I've got this pressure. I've got that priority. You know, I my salary is not big enough to kind of justify funding uh, this dream or that dream. Um, and I know it doesn't just apply to to people in a blue collar world, but how do we make this freedom of choice choice? accessible for more people and people particularly in that blue collar world well the first thing you have to do is you have to think big and that's what i said earlier you know for me it's always about teaching people how to go out and find yourself a regular old poster board okay and a box of crayons or markers and start thinking about what you want your life to look like first because if, if you can determine what the end game is okay man if i could live like that david that would be really cool if I could live in a house like this or a car, drive a car like that or take vacations like this or do charity moments like this or have this type of, of a pet or, um, you know, this type of sport or hobby or whatever it might be, you literally have to draw that out in picture form because your brain does this weird thing. When you start to focus on something and you see it very, very clearly and very colorfully in your own hand that you did, it, it creates like this brochure for your life. And I was just talking um, to, to Tony Robbins' son the other day. His name's Jarek. He's a brilliant guy. And one of the things that he said was there's a science behind that attraction. It's not just the fact that, you know, you, you, know, you look at it and you focus on it so it'll happen. There's actually these little electronic, you know, si uh, um, signals in your brain. And the more these signals focus on one thing and more they see something, the more they begin to fire quicker and quicker and quicker to the point where they become one stream of thought. And once that happens, your body almost believes that it already owns these things. And so what your brain does is it kicks your body into, into going to get those things in involuntary motions. I mean, it, it just kind of lets you down the path to go make that happen. So you'll find yourself walking that way. And what that does is it, it, it gets you to expand your occupation thoughts, your, 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 the money that you make. It gives, gives you the opportunity to say, well... I'm going to I'm going to seek out the value of who I am because you know for every blue collar job I can tell you this there's a better one that pays more money okay um and you just you you you're just kind of like in this almost involuntary state of attraction to this thing but it all begins with what that picture looks like if you don't have that picture then you tend to live a, a, a if then life you know if this happens then I'll I'll live and I'm saying no let's figure out what then is first and then pick one of the many ways there are to go get that. Sure, and um, that all makes perfect sense to me. But I'm still a bit stuck on uh, when when you're talking to somebody and they kind of almost dismiss it. You know, they kind of um, say, "Well, yeah, but that could never um, work for me." I mean, how do you help people navigate through that kind of a mindset? Well, first off, if you believe it'll never happen, you're right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, that's true. But I, I think the other thing is this, I don't think people think they have as much control over their life as, as they actually do. I mean, if you were starting from scratch right now, you know, and I asked you what your favorite color is, only you could tell me that. If I asked you what your anything is, only you could tell me what that is. So all I'm saying is in their current minds, in their current mindset, in their current frame of mind, power of that picture, that vision, and 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 that's what that's what they're missing because every one of us has the the nine characteristics that I talk about in Blue Collar Cash as it relates to being an entrepreneur. Every one of us has those characteristics in us, you know, persistence and 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 resilience and courage and faith and humility and 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 generosity and vision and initiative. We all have those things. They just need a reason to come out, and that reason is my end game. What do I want my life to look like? So, and I've done this my whole life. I've done it with all 200 of my staff here as well. And 
it, it really is important that you see something first so that you can go get it. So I would say to that person, you just haven't unlocked your own power yet. Because once you sit down and whether it's with yourself or your spouse or family, whoever, once you put that picture out very clearly, you're going to change as a human being and you're going to become much more powerful and those thoughts will go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people are, are heavily influenced, aren't they, by the people that are p- most close to them. And sometimes that can be a, a positive influence and sometimes that can be something that, that, that gets in the way. Um, have you uh, seen people uh, navigate their way through that little conundrum? There is no doubt that you are you are probably a mirror of your five best friends or five best family members. There's no doubt. But you have to ask yourself, is that where you want to be? Um, and I'm not saying you have to divorce your family or get rid of your friends. I'm saying what you have to tell them is, okay, I identify as a non-smoker. I am not a smoker anymore. So if there's any part of you that wants me to continue to be a smoker, then we're going to have to figure something else out here because I need you to share in what I want to do, which is to take care of myself and become a healthy person. So I need you to be supportive of that. And if there's anything you want me to be supportive of you on, I'd be happy to do it. You just name it and I'll be there for you. So yeah, you you definitely have to take stock because be careful who you surround yourself with, that's for sure. But at the same time, there's got to be some people in your life that you admire, some people in your life that you, you're like, wow, they've really got it on the ball, or they're they're real smart, or they're real successful, or how did they do that? Go go be with those people. Talk to those people. Ask them how they did what they've done, and um, emulate what they do, because mentors like that are really powerful. You know, I, I, I wrote in the book that when, when I was younger, there was a real high diving board at our public swimming pool, and it was really way up there. And I climbed to the top of that board and I was going to jump off. I'd never done it before. And I was scared to death. But if I hadn't had those four or five guys, buddies of mine, sitting at the bottom on on the pool deck going, come on, you got this. You can do it. I would have never done it. I would have walked halfway down, turned around, walked back. I would have walked to the end, turned around, walked back. Maybe I wouldn't have even climbed the stairs. But because they were there, I launched. And and, um, there's an enormous power in that. You just have to pick the right people. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, you talk about these nine characteristics or qualities. Uh, which one of those nine, or which of those nine, did you have to tap into to take that leap off that diving board? Oh, I would say, um, well, I, I don't know if it was initiative <laughs> or or vision, because I had to visualize myself hitting the water, going underwater, and coming back up and swimming to the edge and doing all that safely. Yeah. But I also wanted to see all my buddies clapping and standing and going, you got this. Well done. That was a great job. So I would probably say vision was was the most powerful one because you had to see what the impact of what you're about to do is before you do it. Mm. And, um, you know, their encouragement and their, their cheering on and, and that kind of thing. You know, what the funny thing is, I got out of that water, went right back up and did it over and over and over. Because <laughs> once you did it, you know, once you did it, it was like, okay, this is cool. I, I've never jumped off a diving board, but if I did, this is how I would do it. And then once you've done it, it's it's just a it's just a natural thing. And it takes you to a whole new level because there's a confidence there. There's a piece, there's like a faith in yourself there. There's a there's a, a strength of mind there. And um that's why I say get the right people around you and you'll go crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that because um uh, confidence in a way is built up on evidence isn't it and 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 you can actually yeah. find the the evidence to support any story that you choose to tell yourself so i guess that's an important um uh, a piece of information perhaps for people who might be looking at this okay well, i could have my dream life but maybe it's not for me but what what clues uh, are you looking for um and and how can you consciously look for the ones that are going to help you yeah, I, you're you're so right, and and I've been on a lot of podcasts, and it's the first time I've heard confidence being, um, co- you know, compared to starting with evidence. And I I love that. I think that's great. You know, whenever you hear someone say, you hear these things all the time, David. You hear, well, he really knows what he's doing. Well, what does that mean? He knows what he's doing. Well, he knows what he's doing because he's done it many times. He's repeating it, practicing, and doing it over. He's internalizing it. So yeah, confidence, there's no such thing as someone who's built, born with confidence. They they create confidence through experiences. And um, I, so yeah, I, I think that's where it is. But again, 
nothing in your life begins. I mean, you can you can't name a thing that you do that you don't start with. Well, why am I doing this? <laughs> okay, or what's it look like? You know, making your bed. Well, you can't make your bed if you don't have a picture of what a made bed looks like, right? Hmm. You can't you can't build a puzzle without one important piece, the box, because <laughs> the box has the cover, the picture of the puzzle. Yeah. If you don't have the box, you're going to be there a long time. Um, but yeah, you always start with some sort of vision. You do it every single day. What do I want to dress like? What, where am I going? Am I going to the mall to hang out with my friends or what that, what's that going to feel and look and taste and smell like Mm. those things always begin with what you want to do first. And, and that's where people get stuck because sometimes they wait for life to happen to them instead of them happening to life. And that's the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to recognize that you're the one in control of your future. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, well, what, what that's triggered in me is a bit of a, a question for you about your life. I'm just wondering, when was it for you that you began to create a vision for the life that you wanted to have for yourself? Well, I had a lot of part-time jobs when I was younger. I worked at a bowling alley. I worked at a I was newspaper delivery boy. I, was, I worked at a bakery. And I just couldn't believe that if I scraped the floor in a bakery for a couple of hours, they would hand me a pile of money. I couldn't believe that if I... You know, if I worked at the bowling alley and, and cooked French fries in the kitchen or reset pins or whatever I did, that they would hand me money. And then it got even worse or even better for me when when I would say, wait a minute. So I'm a landscaper now and I worked all week and they handed me this pile of money. And I said, OK, so the harder I work, the faster I work, the more money I can make. So it's up to me how much money I make. And then the, then I thought. I'm going to I'm going to create a team for myself. So when I was when I was younger, I worked during the week for the landscape company and then on the weekends when I was I don't know 16, I would do side jobs and I would have friends help me. And I would I would charge the customer $7.50 an hour for them and I'd pay them $5 an hour. So I was making 250 an hour per person and I I could go do another job. And these things just hit me like, wow, I can actually control my financial future. This is really cool. So when it got to the point of uh, of being able to open my own company, that's that's what I did. I started with six people, and like I said, now we have nearly two hundred. And it, um, it it's amazing thing because everyone's happy. I was happy. You know, the people that are working here are happy. They're they're making lives for themselves, and as a result, I make a life for myself. So yeah, I, I guess it started early on with with controlling what what I did and knowing that I could make. And that's why blue collar is so important because. There's a lot of white collar jobs where you're stuck in some cubicle on the 15th floor of an office building and you don't really control anything. Where in in many blue collar jobs, especially today, you control a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, having a trade really, really powerful. There's a lot of pressure on the education system. There's a lot of pressure on um, uh, you know pe- people feeling like they have to take this sort of uh, path through higher education into uh, degrees and all that kind of thing. And people can sometimes feel like uh, they're not quite meeting the grade if they don't get all the way through that. In fact, I've got a daughter right now who's, you know, contemplating what to do next um, and um, and making those decisions, finding really, really challenging with that, with that pressure there. But um, having a trade can sometimes be um, one of the best things that you can do. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah. I mean, look at it this way. So, the biggest salespeople for colleges are the colleges, right? They're they're money making institutions. They're businesses. They are now, yeah. Especially especially in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And so they've convinced the teachers that they have to tell the guidance, who have to tell the parents, who have to tell the students, if you don't come through us, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to amount to anything. That's one of the biggest myths, truths. You know, there are a, there are a lot of ways to be successful. One path is to go to to a college to get a specific degree for a specific job that's waiting for you when you're done. I want to be a lawyer. I'm going to law school. When I get out, look at. I mean, college is a serious thing. It's not. It's not to be taken lightly because you can start as a tradesperson right now, make fifty to seventy five thousand dollars a year. In four years, that's two hundred thousand to the plus side of your asset base. If you go to school and you don't get a real specific degree, 
you might spend 50,000 a year, which is 200,000 on the negative side of your asset base. Hopefully you didn't borrow that money. That's a that's a $400,000 swing by the time you're 23 years of age. That's serious business. And I I don't think most people take that for as serious as it is. And they just the, these parents are shamed into thinking the only way I can be seen as a successful parent is if my kid has a degree hanging on the wall. That's never been true. And it certainly isn't true now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. And having um, that ability to choose, I think, can be really, really empowering for, for our young people. And um, and yeah, and actually in, in this era, uh, there's more flexibility, more scope for, for people to take a more entrepreneurial path than they ever has been with with the internet and uh, social media and all those other opportunities, um, if people can invest some of the time they're spending scrolling through uh, socials and, and actually put that into, um, you know, putting messages out there, creating products and services, um, then it's, a, it's an enormous opportunity for our young people. I guess they- well, that's absolutely right. You know, when I was younger, we used to <laughs> we used to do accounting with pencils and you know long form graph paper. I mean. <laughs> We used to have to add adding machines and all that kind of stuff. You know, you can start a business now with a pickup truck and a cell phone and do everything you need to do. It's never been easier to open a business. It's never been, you know, less. In, I mean, it's, it's so much less intrusive. I mean, it's, it's, the things you need to do um, are, are a lot less as far as getting the pieces and parts surrounding you to start your business from a general administrative standpoint. And and the information is out there too because. You know, back in the day, you would open a business that you thought was going to be good, and then you could either pass or fail. And you know, twenty percent of businesses succeeded, and, and the other four fifths went under, right? Eighty um, percent. So the reason that was is because people didn't have an idea if their product was needed or, or if it was viable. Well, now you can go to almost any area and very quickly figure out what isn't being done that needs to be done. You know what's everybody else not doing, and we're and, and we're, what's the demand like for that? Okay, and um, anyone can tell you that. You can go to a Home Depot store and learn what's missing in your town, and then you you plug yourself in there, and you're off to the races immediately. I mean, there's no, there's still some risk, but there's not a whole lot of uncertainty in that. You know, yeah. So, but again, I have to tell you that all begins with why are you doing it? Yeah. So let's assume you take this risk and you buy that truck and you get those tools and you do those things. What's in it for you to do that? If you're a picture of what the win is for you, you're still going to kind of swim around in a pool and not really know where you're going. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a very important thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely right. And yeah, and so again, that brings it back then to the whole thing about about a purpose. I mean, you've been describing it as as a vision. Uh uh, we talk about purpose a lot on on this show, as you can imagine, given <laughs> given the title. Um, what, what what does purpose mean to you? Well, purpose means to me that I lived the way I wanted to live, and and that's in all aspects. I, I lived how I wanted to live. I lived for myself, and I lived for others. I gave back. I helped other people. I created a, a beautiful place for myself in this world, and um, the world's better off because I was in it. That doesn't necessarily always forecast to the job that you do. Um, I, you know, I, I say this, David, and it's somewhat controversial sometimes, but if you listen to it long enough, you'll understand what I'm saying. Sometimes I don't think it's as important what you do for a living as it is what you do with what you're doing for a living. And I think job and be really unhappy. You can have a great job and waste all your money. But I mean, if you have a vision of comfort, peace, and freedom, which is what I talk about in Blue Collar Cash, if you have a, a vision of that nirvana, that's really your purpose on life is to live it as good as you can while you've got these 80 or 90 years on this planet. And um, that's not always wrapped up in, you know, w- we don't we don't live to work. All right. We work so that we can, in fact, live. Well, I want to know what the live part is. That's what I want to start with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and so you've, you've built a successful business and now you're building a, uh, um, uh, well, you've, you're continuing to build your personal business brand and presence in the world as well, uh, whilst also living a life and going playing golf in Scotland and, and all those good things. Um, but it's interesting to to hear what, what drives you now and whether that is different to what was driving you 
uh, back in the beginning when you realized you could set up your own thing? Uh, that's a great question. So what drives me now is is um, is the pursuit of the most precious gift that any one of us has ever given, and that's time and freedom. Mm. So what, what drives me now is to have other people in my company you know, take on an entrepreneurial role, maybe not an entrepreneurial one, but an entrepreneurial, where they feel like they're working with and for you, but they're working for themselves at the same time. And they help drive your company to heights that you'll never, you'll never do it all on your own. That's for sure. So expanding that a little bit, um, I love the fact that other people around me are living lives they want to live with and through my company. That that just gets me out of bed every morning. I think that's fantastic. And you know, spending more time with my family. I'm a, I'm about to be a grandfather for the first time, and that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, it, it's all about having time and freedom to do the things that I want to do. And uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna write another book and. Uh, you know, keep this course going. And I'm going to, I'm a, I've got a foundation that I've started to help uh, soldiers with the right proper mindset when they come out of the service. And yeah, there's lots of good things going on. Okay, cool, cool. Well, congratulations on the, uh, on the forthcoming uh, a grandchild. That sounds, that sounds very exciting, like you say. And so you'll need a bit more time uh, for that. Um, and uh, and you'll yeah. also be able to continue to be able to sit on the carpet and get back up again as well, because play, playing, playing with grandkids, uh, it tests a whole, a whole new uh, meaning to the world, physical agility as well. Yeah. What, 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 yeah. Do you, what do you need to keep yourself fit? Well, it's funny that you say that because I, I do a lot of, I, I work out a lot. I, I, I never, I very rarely ride in a golf cart. I'm always walking when I golf. And, okay, yeah. you know, there, there's seven miles uh, 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 every time you play twice, three times a week. So you're walking 20 miles a week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do a lot of, I, I do a lot of working out. I'm a huge guy into longevity. So I do a lot with exosomes and biologics and stem cells and, and peptides and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm kind of a health hobbyist there. So I'm doing a lot to keep, to keep that going. And it's funny that you mentioned about, um, having, uh, being on the carpet because one of my exercises is I take a, a 20 pound plate and I put it 10 feet away from me and I run up to it and I pick it up and I raise it up like I'm lifting up a child. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, uh, there's a lot of practical day-to-day -day stuff that you can do to keep yourself going. That's yeah, for sure. That's good. Well, you need to keep your grip strength up as well. Cause you don't want to let go of that thing when it's, uh, <laughs> right. and, and, and again, you don't want to let go of the grandchild either, of course, but uh, there you go. There you go. So I guess, um, I guess one thing that's interesting is, um, when you are going through that process of building a business, so to get to that point where you've got this time freedom because you've got a business or or um, assets maybe that are returning you uh, money so that you don't have to trade time for money all the time, there, com there comes a point where it gets hard because you might have that team of five, six people, but then you seem to have to break through a kind of a, a brick wall to take it to the next level. What kind of challenges do can people expect to come up against in that kind of situation and how can they break through those barriers? That, that is a, a wonderful question. And I will tell you that I learned something about, oh, 15 years ago that was really transformative for me. And, and, and so if you're a business owner, you got to listen to this. So I, I got a group of people together and I came up with the idea that I said, okay, our business is at, let's say, X level, and I want to take it to Y. So I said to them, I want to know if we get to another level. First off, I want to be able to share that newfound revenue with all of you. Okay. So we're going to put together something where if the company gets to the next level, you're all going to share in a piece of that. And it's easy to do that because it wasn't my money. I, I mean, I didn't even have it yet. Okay, so it's easy to share money that you don't have yet, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I asked them all to write down on a piece of paper what the next level was. Like we were doing so many millions per year, and I asked them, "What do you think we could get to in the next year? How many millions more?" And do you know that their numbers, all of their numbers, were two million more than my number? <laughs> so. Be careful that you aren't your own ceiling. Why? Be careful that you're not the anchor on your own company. Because what I said was, when they showed me these numbers, I kind of, I mean, I had to fight back the smile. <laughs> but I kind of looked around and I said, okay, well, if we can do that, then I will do this, 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 and this. And I shared with them a pretty substantial piece of that newfound revenue. Yeah. And oh my God, they went crazy. 
they 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 took i mean and we've been doing that ever since and our company has literally doubled in the past um actually we're, we're almost tripling in the past 12 or 13 or 14 years what we had done back then yeah and it's just because they now have that entrepreneurial feeling where they work for themselves you want to surround yourself with very selfish people and i don't mean selfish as a negative as like selfish as the detriment to others or you know me good but you bad kind of thing it's it's people who are working on themselves first and you second and when they win for themselves you, your company wins in a big if you have a lot of them doing it so i would say that that brick wall that you hit is probably your own fault wow. <laughs> it's probably your own them in a room surround them surround them with it with with the idea of where can we get to next have them come up with a number because i'll bet you it's more than you thought about yeah 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 that is so insightful because uh because yeah you're right you, you get to a point where um you know you're 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 working with a business and you're thinking well how much further can i take this and in a way that's that's the wrong way to think about it it's got to be the wrong way to think about it yeah 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 I, I said this the other day and I got, you know, you, you get half the people look at you like you're crazy. Okay. Um, my goal in a company is to become irrelevant to it. And they look at you like, well, whoa, wait a minute. I'm the boss. I, I, I make all this stuff happen. I do this and I, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. You also work 75 hours and you have high blood pressure and you have, <laughs> you're, you're unhealthy. And so is your company running you or are you running it? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think that's that's a very important thing to 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 give them to to unleash that because you're only you, okay? But a group of people, a group of people that want things for themselves that are colorful and vivid and documented, man, get out of their way. It's going to be a good day. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so I've got two. I've got two big things there from that. I've got what one is there's a vision for the business. Um, uh, but also a vision for themselves as individuals. So I've got that whole vision thing cubed, or probably uh, something like that. Um, and then the other thing, the other thing I've got from that is is the incentive, uh, because th there was a piece on the table for them if you got to that 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 goal. Uh, what else do you need in your toolkit to to drive to drive a team or to be driven by a team, maybe in the way that you describe? Well, the, the compensation has to be layered. So they have to win monthly, they have to win quarterly, and they have to win annually. Mm -hmm. So if the business hits its monthly goals, you share with them. If it hits its quarterly goals, you share with them. If it hits its annual goals, you share with them in a major way. Yeah. And then also we tend to celebrate. So we'll take that money and we'll deliver it to them at some island in the Caribbean somewhere. You know what I mean? Like we'll go on vacation to an all-inclusive and we'll we'll do that and we'll share. We'll talk about how we did it and how we succeeded and then what's next. Mm. But I think one of the most important things is whoever has a goal here for themselves, whether it's I want to buy a new car, or I want to learn Spanish, or I want to go to London or whatever it might be, those goals are all clearly written out on a huge black glass board on the wall in our foyer here. And there's there's 50 goals on there. And these goals have to be live. Okay. I started January 1st. I need to save $4,000 so I can go golf in Scotland. I have the gal in my payroll department taking out $28 a week or whatever it is. Um, I'm going to be going there in three years from today. And then you just sign it and everyone sees it. And everyone it's about that sharing thing I was telling you about with the diving board. Yeah. Okay. It's the collective sharing in, in, the, in the success of these things. And people will look at it and they'll go, hey, you're halfway there. Congratulations. You're like, I know I'm halfway there. And that power keeps the whole machine moving. Okay. Now that takes ma maintenance. You have to be a cheerleader for that. I mean, it doesn't just happen and you forget about it, but it takes maintenance, but it's the most powerful thing you can do because that's where the entrepreneurial force gets its fuel from yeah. because that's where they're working for themselves first and you second. Right. Right. Okay. You're not going to see the goal of the company anywhere in this building. They know what it is, but you'll see all their individual goals. And, and just so you know, if half of them hit those individual goals, 
your company's going to do really well. Yeah, yeah. That is that is amazing. I love that. I love that idea. And and the fact that you've got it in there and you're executing it. I love that because you know, people there's you get lots of talk quite highbrow talk these days about, you know, you've got to be there for your people and it's got to be meaningful and your people um, are going to expect more of you and all this sort of corporate social responsibility stuff, all this jargon. It just sounds like you've just got a very real kind of almost like you say, post-it note on the wall type, we're going after this. Uh, and I'm, I just, I just love the honesty and integrity of that. That's awesome. Well, you know, I got it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a ditch digger. Okay. I don't have any college, never went to school. I don't have any letters after my name. I just, we, I, we just have a, a, a great group of people that we've decided to kind of home grow our own culture. And that's, what's really important. I mean, there's birthdays and there's anniversaries and there's milestones and there's recognition and there's music and there's lunches and barbecues and parties and all that stuff. That's all good. You have to have that. Hmm. But there also has to be a reason why people are doing all this, okay? And um, it's just too hard to try to do this all on your own. Yeah, it's too hard to take all this responsibility on on your own. And again, to become irrelevant means that all you're doing is pushing the culture. You're not in the grind every single day. Mm. You're plugging yourself in where you want to plug yourself in. It's unbelievable freeing the way you run your company now, because you, you run it the way you want to run it, but just by uh, observing and walking around and making things happen. But it, it's, it's so powerful to have, you know, when you're going to hire somebody, why hire one third of them? I mean, there's eight hours in a day times three, there's 24 hours in a day, but you're only getting one third of the human being. Why are you paying for one third of a human being? I mean, you never buy a computer and only use a third of it, right? <laughs> so, so why not get the rest of that human being? What are their interests? What's their family like? What do they want to do for their future? What's their next goal? What would make them happy? What would make them pay? What would make them really go for it? Those are all the things that happen beyond that eight hours when they go home at night that you never get to see. Mm. So if you can get some of that brought into your office, now you've got all 24 hours of this person. Yeah. And um, man. And it powerful to get this behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. And so, when it comes then to um, being a a leader in in your organization or in, in any context, um, and when you're looking for people to join your business as leaders, what what character qualities are you looking for in them? If you walked into my office and said, "I'd like to work here because here's a list of things that I want to accomplish for myself." you'd be hired in an instant, right? So many people go, well, what time do I have to be here? And what do I have to wear? And what job do you want me to do? And what's the hours? And what's the benefits? And what's my paid time off? And you know, that's all mechanical stuff. Get beyond that as fast as you can. Mm. I mean, working with a shovel is not rocket science, okay? I mean, get beyond all that. Why are you here? I'm here for a job. I get that, but why? So I can get paid. Perfect. But why? So I can pay my bills. Okay, I got it. What happens after the bills are paid? Like, when do you get to live your life? Mm. What does that look like? Mm. And when someone can answer that question, uh, you know, you're onto something. So if, if someone could, it, it, the best interview in the world would be to put out that poster board, give them a box of crayons and say, draw your life and come back and get me when you're done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because because if they can see that for themselves and they they truly believe that they can do that within your company, yeah. you got it. It's there. That's um that's a kind of a um a super super supercharged version of 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 something that 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 I like to do when I'm interviewing people uh, for a job. Um, I, I like to, I like to ask them about about what what, what floats their boat at the weekend and and all of that kind of thing and and find out about the real person and um, and yeah if if there's not much from the point of view of personal aspiration I mean sometimes you have to nudge people a couple of times you almost have to give them permission just to just to bring it out but if that isn't there then um, then yeah it's it's hard to connect with them well especially nowadays because at least in the United States, there's so much competition for one human being. I mean, there's so many jobs and there's so little people. So someone can literally walk in your office, in, in your office and say, um, hey, dude, what's in it for me to work here? You got to be ready to answer that question, because if you don't, they're on, they're down the road. And if you're an egomaniac, you would say, well, wait a minute. 
I am boss, you employee, I tell you what to do. No, that's, that's not the way it is anymore. Yeah. And um, if you can answer that question, I, I applaud that. If someone comes to me and says, hey, man, like, why should I work at this joint? I'm like, let me tell you why. Okay. What do you want out of life? And, and then we we hit the ground running. Yeah. I've, I've probably interviewed 2,500 people in the last 30 some years. Yeah. And, and, um, and that's the joy part of the interview is when you get to them because nobody asks nobody else asks them that question. <laughs> and look at you like, wow, this guy's really interested in me. What's going on here? Yeah. So yeah, you separate yourself in that way alone, you'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you learn this? How did you find out that this was going to be the the magic dust to kind of uh, uh, take things forward for you? I'll tell you, I, I stumbled on it. I, <laughs> so my first year from thirty seven years ago. And he he came into my office and he was a really hard worker, but he needed some organization. And um, he's now my vice president, by the way. And um, he was having trouble because his wife was having some medical issues and she had some bills to pay. And they were getting they were starting their first family and they were trying to get into this apartment. He wanted a new car because his car was failing. And I said, all right. Because he was down. He came into my office and he was really down. He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get my life started. He's 19 years old. And I was 23 or four at the time. So I said, well, let's get out a piece of paper, make a list of all that we want to accomplish. And then we'll break it down in pieces. Like you want the pickup truck. Okay, let's make that a two-year goal. Can you can you get your car to limp along for two years? Yeah. So then we saved some money for our down payment. And then we just broke each goal down one at a time. He had $8,000 in medical bills and we knocked those off through his bonuses every month and every quarter. And he slowly started to piece the thing together. And um, every year he gives me this big bear hug at the Christmas party and he wants to blame me for his success. And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 man. I had, I had 2% of this hundred percent deal that you did. The rest of it was you. Yeah. But, but it, it literally is something that, it's so simple and it's just too hard not to do it any other way. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to take the whole world on your shoulders and, you know, try to make every problem yours and then you fix it all so you can go home and feel good about yourself. It's just too hard to do that. So I wanted to find a way to get an automatic process of people, of these awesome goal crushing, self-managing, independent people around me so that it wasn't so hard. And uh, we, we've been doing it ever since. Brilliant. Well, that's good, good, good fortune. But I mean, to have the presence of mind to sit down and break it down like that, you know, age age twenty three. That's that's you know, but was, I, when I was age twenty three, I wasn't thinking in terms of that. In fact, I think I might have written my first uh, life plan down when I was maybe twenty six, twenty seven. I mean, it, what 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 was there in your background, in your upbringing, that kind of led to you to think like that? Do you think? You know, I, I don't know. I guess you know. I had four brothers. We were all under the age of nine in a very small house in Ohio. And my father made like $14,000 a year in the, in the uh, produce department of a grocery store. And then he went on to become successful years after that. He, he just kept growing within that organization. But I think the thing for me was, you know, I could get, I wore hand-me-down pants and stuff like that. And, you know, I got I got shoes and I got food and shelter and clothing and we had basic fun. I mean, our fun was like homegrown fun, not like expensive fun. But if you wanted something way beyond that, you had to go get it. So I just remember I wanted a baseball glove and it was like, I can't remember, it was like $22 or something. I can't remember how much it was. And I remember saying, well, okay, so I have to work six weeks to get that because I was part-time after school. I have to work six weeks to get that baseball glove. If I put this much away every week, then I'll get that baseball glove in six weeks. So I just, okay, in six weeks, I'm going to have that baseball glove. And that's what I did. And that just kept happening over and over and over. I mean, it really came to a used car and then it became this and that. And I just kept doing that over and over and over. So breaking things down, I'm no... I'm no like psychologist or anything. It was just simple math. And um, I just kept doing that. And that's that's kind of what I employ now for people here because 
again, I wanted it to go from being, I remember giving the money to my mother, so I couldn't take it. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it. <laughs> so I couldn't get at it. And, and so that was another thing. And that, that informs what I do to this very day, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So you started at a very young age, building that evidence bank that said this works and just, just keep doing it over and over, rinse and repeat. That's, um, that's amazing. So what, what's, what's been, um, the biggest challenge you've had to face professionally and, and how did you overcome that? I think the biggest challenge I had to face was, you know, when you start, when you start a company, it's kind of your baby, right? And, um, you want to own all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You, you want to own all of that. And in sharing the, the, in sharing the responsibilities with other people to allow them to grow and the company to grow, that is a switch that every one of us has to go through. I mean, the, your ego gets in the way and says, this is mine. I built it. I run it. Whatever run means. <laughs> I mean, what does run even mean? But yeah, to kind of let go and to let people do these other things, it wasn't really hard for me to do it, but it was different mm. because I was used to getting up in crack of dawn and working till late at night. And so it was just different. But I, I got to tell you, I, I wish I would have started it even earlier. I mean, I think I think I got into this real entrepreneurship stuff probably 10 years into the business. And I, if I had to do it over again, I would start it on day one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's probably, I don't know if it's so much a challenge, but it was just kind of a different philosophy. No, no, definitely. And and you have to be brave, don't you? If your if your um if your natural inclination is to uh is is to 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 create something and make it happen, then actually letting go can be can be a real a real challenge. So um Well not only that, you're you're exactly right. And, and not only that, but people will say, Well, you don't want people to know too much or they'll even go do it themselves. Right. Well, okay, th that's true. But if you create a really awesome culture and you reward them like owners anyway, what's their incentive to go do that? Mm. You know? So yeah, there is a little bit of a risk there, but there's not a lot of people out there that want to take a loan for, you know, 40 dump trucks like I do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. Or, or, you know, have to worry about labor laws or workers comp or, you know, insurance and, you know, all those types of things that can happen that keep you up at night. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but they still want to kind of do their thing. I will tell you, this is the interesting thing. Entrepreneurs that leave you fail hmm. because they don't have all of it. They have enough of it, but not all of it. Hmm. And so they don't realize that they kind of, the reason they were entrepreneurs is because you had a really killer environment for them to do that in. Yeah. And so when they try to do it on their own, sometimes, it, they they don't always make it and yeah. and they they come back and go man i now i know why <laughs> yeah 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 you know you allowed me to do some really cool things within a framework yeah so well and even even that i mean so my my career was very much as an entrepreneur before i became an entrepreneur uh, and uh, and for me that was how i needed to learn you know i didn't quite have the guts to 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 do the thing or the idea to create something you know from scratch and i sure. think I'm, I'm more of a scale-up guy than a kind of a startup guy anyway i think that's kind of just you know I, I fit more naturally into that kind of cadence of a business uh but um but you know in, if, even in then in that situation if somebody good wants to leave you because they want to pursue the vision for their life then, you know, if they've made a contribution to your organization and, you know, their award is they've picked up the skills to be able to go and maybe start their own or, or go and do their own thing or fulfill their vision some other way, then really you've, you've got to let them go your blessing is, is my view on that. Oh, that's exactly right. Yeah, because if, if they're good enough to go do their own thing, then chances are you had the benefit of that experience for however many years they were within your company. So right. you have to say, yeah, fine. Now, you know, it's no fun if they turn around and try to take your business away from you or steal your clients or that kind of thing. Sure. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen to anyone. It's never happened to me. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. If, if someone is good enough to go do their own thing, you benefited somehow along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, Ken, it's been amazing speaking with you. And and I've loved, I've loved our conversation. I've learned loads and I've learned a lot about 
you know, yeah, keep it simple and 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 understand understand your people as people and and you know help them to get what they want from being part of your team rather than it all being about what you want or the business needs. I love I love that. Mm-hmm. But have you got any um, uh, messages or, or or final words that you'd like to share with people uh, before we uh, ask you to share how people can get in touch with you? Yeah, I would just say that you know whether whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working for a business or you know you'd like to improve the culture you know you have to remember that and i said this earlier we we work so that we can live and i really think people need to explore that a lot more often because people just wait until you know um you know i i i went to to school and i got good grades and i went to college and i got a maybe a scholarship and then I got this job and then I got paid well. So now I can start living my life. Well, I have to tell you, you know, someday never comes. It's it's by the whole definition. If you look up the word someday, it, it's at a future that is yet undefined. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why, why put anything of your life into the box undefined? Okay. Um, you have the control and the ability to see, what it is that would make you comfortable, peaceful, and free, like I say in, in blue collar cash. So sit down, take some time, and go for it and, and figure out what it is. Brilliant. That's brilliant advice for everyone. Cool. So um, like I said, I've loved speaking with you. I, I'd, I'd like to find out more. How can people get hold of you and uh, find out more about your work? Well, if you go to blue collar, I'm sorry, if you go to kenrusk.com, you'll see blue collar cash there. You'll see the course there as well. And, um, you know, it's funny, David, because you see these courses that are 500, 800, 2000, 3000. No, I built this course for $129 and, um, that's what it sells for. I put a lot of money into it, but, and so for the, you get a free book with it, that's $25. So for, for a hundred bucks, you literally will change your life this afternoon. And I, I guarantee that I'm not just saying that I guarantee it. And um, for the cost of dinner and a movie, you can say, okay, I'm going to start thinking differently and I'm going to become the person I really want to be. So you can find all that at KenRusk.com or you can follow me on socials at um, at KenRuskOfficial and uh, you can see me see what we're up to out there as well. Awesome. Been brilliant speaking with you. Thanks again ever so much for coming on the show and I wish you all the best. Yeah, you as well. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, Tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.